This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Brett Bowser from Alt-MBA 20. Thanks, Brett, for taking the time to chat today. I'm, I'm so excited to get to know you better. We've chatted here and there, but never for like an extended period of time. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Uh, pretty honored. I've, I've listened to several of these and to be included among this group is, is pretty special. So from what I know about you, you, you grew up in a military family. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like growing up? Absolutely. I've always felt like I've been a bit of a chameleon growing up in that every two to three years as we would move to somewhere new, whether it was Georgia, Germany, Pennsylvania, I felt the need to fit in. You know, when you're young and impressionable and you move somewhere new, you don't bring your full self to the table sometimes. You end up trying to be like everybody else. Um, and that's whether it's sports, school activities, whatever it may be. And that continued throughout my life. But that was definitely formative as I grew up. So your dad was career military. Did you follow in his footsteps? Did, did you go into the military as well? Or did you just rebel and strike out on, on your own and do something completely different? It, it's interesting. It was both. Up till about 10th grade, there was no way I was going to be in the military. I wasn't going to subject my family to that hardship um, as I saw it then. Um, but I was on a youth group ski trip and a friend of mine, her brother was back from West Point and started talking to me about it. And I fell in love with the concept. Uh, we moved to Virginia. I had a school guidance counselor who said, maybe you should set your sights a little lower. And I used that as an opportunity. Um, it's probably the first time I remember having a very convincing goal in my life. And I was accepted, uh, went there. I graduated. I won't say by the skin of my teeth, but I didn't necessarily graduate with honors. And I did. I spent about seven years in the military after that. And what was your biggest takeaway from that experience? If you'd asked me this 20 years ago, it'd be a very different answer. But today, it's that it's all about the people. Nothing gets done unless you take care of your people, you nurture your people, and you help them discover their potential, which, of course, along the way, you discover your potential. That's, that's what I learned. Wow. That's, that's a very powerful lesson. You know, it's about the people. How did you take that into the rest of your life? You know, um, leaving the military, I, I got into manufacturing for a bit. I was a production supervisor. It was going to be the next big thing. Um, went from the next big thing to a penny stock uh, in a short period of time. Thus, the late, you know, the 2000 era. Uh, I ended up as a production supervisor and, and had several folks on my team. And I was responsible for all facets of getting things done. I, I think what I learned and what I brought to that team was a willingness to go beyond thinking of those people as cogs in the machine. And I don't know that they had seen that before in this environment. I don't know if it was heavy scientists or it was just a lack of um, awareness of the company on what people needed. But uh, I really bonded with that team until before everything fell apart, of course. Um, but uh, it was a great experience for me knowing that, and it was a confidence booster that leaving the military, that I wasn't one dimensional, that what I had translated. And that was very important for me. And it set me up for the later part of my career in consulting. Was there a moment be, like before you... I don't know what you call it. It's like beast barracks and stuff like that, like orientation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hard day. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before you started that, like, was there a moment that you had with your dad that he, he, um, 
he talked to you about what uh, this journey that you're about to uh yeah embark on? you know the, the best it, it's funny the best when we lived in northern virginia there were a lot of military government folks there the neighbor had also been in the military and he would come over and, and my dad, they would drink scotch for a little bit. And I would sit in sometimes and listen to their stories. And I gained a lot of respect for it, for what they had been through. And, and a lot of it's just complaining about the BS you deal with, right? The, the stuff that the military makes you do. And you're like, look, I'm an advanced individual. I can handle this, but nope, it's military. You do it. The, what really bonded us quite honestly was sitting with my guidance counselor before 11th grade we moved to a new school. So it's already traumatic. I'm moving between. I didn't talk to my dad about my conversations with a friend who was a West Point cadet. I really had a crush on his sister. That's why we started hanging out on this bus trip. That never panned out. Um, but Jay and I got to know each other. Actually ran to each other in the military and I worked for him a little bit later. It was kind of funny. But sitting with a guidance counselor, Miss Milquist, to this day, I remember her saying, you know, you should set your sights a little lower. Not hey, let's go for it. We'll have some fallback schools just in case. Set your sights lower. And, and I just remember, I said, no, I'm going to West Point. My dad almost fell out of his chair when he heard it. Like, it was so ground-shaking for him that his son, who to this point he probably thought was a total lost cause, um, he tolerated longer hair. Yeah, I had hair back then. And all that. Um, I think it was like, wait a minute. Maybe I have been doing something okay. And I think personally, he felt validated that his son wasn't going to end up as a bum on the streets, I guess. Um, so it was important to him for his own ego. But it did bring it. That was the moment where he's kind of like, okay. And I, I think I came home from Beast. I made it all the way through Beast. I came home for one of the weekends where you're allowed to come home. And he poured me a beer. Hmm. I'm 18, you know. And and he goes, I, you you've earned this. Like it wasn't a big deal, but it was like his way of saying, I don't care if you're not 21 in my house, you can have a beer because yeah. you've been through all the sucky things I've been through. Yeah. So, and he, yeah, yeah. He, could, he could see that, that I think it was, if anything, that nod to, Hey, I see you. It's exactly, I see you. That's perfect. Really put it. Yep. Wow. And where does alt MBA enter the picture? Wow. Um, Love Seth Godin, love his work, uh, follow him constantly. And, and at our company, we are constantly sending around his blog posts and his tweets and other things that he puts out there. Uh, his books uh, get a lot of play at our company as well. I'll be honest, I was just, I was simply going to audit the Alt MBA to see who in the company should take it. But it turned out to be uh, a transformational experience for me. It, it uh, opened my eyes to many things. It did reinforce the idea that I wanted more people in our company to do it. I've actually recommended it to friends as well. But, but what I really learned was that there are communities of people out there, like your podcast, people like us, who want to get together in this positive, nurturing environment to do amazing things. And it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things. It's what, whatever you feel you need to do. And uh, so as I got into the Alt MBA and got over that initial shock of how amazing it was. Um, I learned more and more that it was where I wanted to be. How did you change in Alt MBA? A lot. Um, I don't know that it's always visible to others. It's definitely visible to me. I learned how to learn. I learned how to open my eyes to certain things. I could see the unnecessary constraints I was creating for myself. 
the the term run to the guns is something you hear in the military. Yeah, run to the sound of the guns. That's your job. In the Alt MBA, it's run to the fear. If if there's fear, that's where you should be because that's where the good stuff is going to happen. And so for me personally, it was recognizing that maybe I was tiptoeing around that fear, finding a way to bypass it um, and take the shortcut without doing the hard work. In no place did I see this more than in, quite ironically, my parenting. I almost forgot that you have to water the seed, fertilize it, allow it to grow, as opposed to expecting it to just pop up. Um, As my wife and I work through life with twins who are now nine, it's been quite a struggle at times, but that's one area the Alt MBA helped me out. There are numerous areas professionally that it's helped, but personally, that's a, a very key area in my life. How, how did it change your parenting? Rule number six was huge. Don't take myself too seriously, which I have a tendency to do. And recognizing that I don't need to be in control of the situation. Compassion is much more important than control. Now, if you talk to my wife and kids or even our dog, you might hear a different story because it's hard for others to see it right away like you do. Um, And it takes time to adjust. But uh, an awareness of what just bringing your whole self in a calm manner to a situation that you don't control is enlightening. And for those who haven't been through the Alt MBA, it might be hard to understand yet for those who have been there, that idea of showing up with your first learning group and figuring out how you're going to do something means giving up a lot of control Mm. Um, and just being compassionate and understanding of other people's views is a very eye-opening growing experience or was for me. And what's next for you? What What are you working on now? I am morphing into uh, a little more product management. And the reason is because that's what our company needs right now. We've identified some areas that we need to shore up and grow. And because we're a lean company who, you know, we don't grow just to grow. We serve our industry and we give the industry what it needs, but we're not going to grow just, just because it's cool or sexy. You know, we're not, we don't have outside investors. We do what we need to do. Where I see it going is shoring up those areas that need to be shored up without just going out and hiring somebody, you know, learning, making this organic to what we do. So I go out and learn it. And then we, as a group, build the capability. That's, that's kind of where we're going. So right now my focus is really getting into product management beyond release, I guess I would say. How do we make sure we get out there, get our product out there effectively and repeat it? So I have one question that I ask everyone that I talk to. It's a fill in the blank. How would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Reach out if you want to talk about leading diverse cross-functional teams. Um, No matter the environment, because that's where my passion lies. Well, thank you, Brett, for for being a part of this community and, and... showing up in all the ways that you do. Thank you very much for having me. It's incredible to sit down with somebody who thinks like you. 
but who also thinks differently and draws out what I consider to be the better parts. Thanks for listening. This episode is hosted by me, Covington Doan, and edited by William Flato. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Brett.